0: everyone to Authors on the Air. I'm your host Pam Stack. I'm also a cat wrangler and a book junkie for those of you who don't know me. Um, I'm visiting today with author Deborah Blake I love Deborah because she's so talented and she writes in so many different genres. Um, She writes about witchcraft in the real world of Wicca. She also writes some paranormal urban fantasy and she also writes cozies and generally they have cats because like me, Deborah is a cat wrangler. Welcome to Authors on the Air, Deborah thank you very much yes
1: i am also a cat wrangler and a book junkie so so tell me the names of your cats again okay so i have five because i'm apparently officially a crazy cat lady and there are there's harry dresden he's black and then uh koshka and his sister ember and Diana who some people follow online as much as they follow me because she's always getting into trouble and then Lilibet.
0: And Lilibet is your new one isn't she?
1: Yeah, she's she's been at the house for a little over a year. We finally are mostly not fighting with each other, which is good. Um but you know, now she's now she's sort of comfortable which means that she's also getting into trouble because apparently Diana told her it's just fine to get on the kitchen
0: counters and she believed her. There you go. So these are the things I know about you. I know that um, we've met before. We met in uh, in Minneapolis at the VoucherCon conference. I know you met my best friend Dan, who also hosts um, Out with Dan, and he's one quarter of the host of Queer Magnolias. Um, I it know he was lovely. Thank you. And um, I know that you have a new book out called The Everyday Witches Coven. But I also know that you are Wicca and at one time considered yourself a high priestess in in the witching community. So if you don't mind, I want to first explain what Wicca is to those who really don't know anything about Wiccan and witchcraft.
1: Oh, okay. We don't have that much time. Um, Yes, we we do. do. A brief. (laughs) brief. So so Wicca is a modern nature-based spiritual path. Some people call it a religion and it's fine either way. Um, It is a form of witchcraft. Not all witches are Wiccans, but all Wiccans are witches. Um, Basically, it's a kind of paganism. Um, that was brought to this country uh, from Europe um, back in the 30s and 40s um, and has now sort of splintered into a lot of different ways to practice. I actually don't really call myself a Wiccan anymore. I am more likely to say that I am an eclectic witch simply because I use bits and pieces of a lot of different paths to make up the path that I follow now.
0: So I the, I know of, of this about you that you're very connected to the earth. You garden. You are an organic gardener. You love to um, you love to prepare fresh organic fruit, food. And I'm I'm always following when you have something new growing in your garden. Is that is Mother Earth and nature a grounding point with eclectic witches and Wiccan?
1: It usually is. Yes, um, and other aspects of. Of nature as well. I mean, you know, witches are very drawn to the full moon. That's a symbol of the goddess, um, and that's one of the things about modern witchcraft is we tend to mostly follow a god and a goddess, sometimes numerous gods and goddesses, um, as opposed to just the male father figure kind of god. Um, but yet, yeah, nature is is really important. And one of the things that I love about being a witch and practicing witchcraft is that it encourages me to reconnect with nature, which can be difficult in our modern era when we spend a lot of time sitting in front of a computer and staring at various screens. And sometimes you forget to go take a walk. Um, My favorite place to take a walk is the ocean. Sadly, I do not live anywhere near one. But for me, that's you know, a place where I really feel um, the strength of nature. But even even just opening up the window when there's a rainstorm, you know, right. it's connecting in, in any way I can. And certainly out in my garden, you know, my garden does produce wonderful food for me to eat, but it's also for me, part of my practice. It is, it is part of how I walk my talk. I compost, I recycle, right. You know, all of that stuff. Can a man be a witch? Oh, absolutely. I know lots of male witches. Um, and they're not wizards and they're not warlocks. That's like made up stuff for the most part. I mean, there are people who call themselves that. But in modern witchcraft, we generally, you're a witch, whether you're a male, a female, or any other. Um, and we're fine with any other. Um, that's one of the things that I also like about the the spiritual practices that we are in general and there's always exceptions, but in general, a very welcoming community. And we don't, we don't care. You know, we did. I like you that just, a lot. Uh, you I just like do that, you.
0: Yeah. I, I like that a lot. And it's a shame that more people are not like that and more spiritual or religious based practices aren't like that. Oh, absolutely. That. But, but, you know, it, it's, I mean, there's nothing we can do about it, but I want to talk about you. Yeah. So when I was reading your intro into your new book, which is called *The Everyday Witches Coven*, um, you mentioned that when you wrote uh, *Circle, Coven, and Grove: A Year of Practical Magical Practice*, it was in 2005, and at that time, you said that um, the 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 spiritual being of Wiccan and the practice and witchcraft was a little bit different than it is now. Um, You, you primarily wrote because you were starting the leader of a new coven and and coven means group. I'm just assuming a group of like-minded. Yeah. I mean, my, my
1: group is blue moon circle and we called ourselves a circle because a couple of the people were not, really comfortable with the word coven. A lot of people are trying to reclaim words like witch and coven that have been sort of you know
0: negatively stigmatized. Yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Yes. Yeah, um mostly for for you know control and political reasons as with everything else. Right. Um but uh yeah so you can call yourself a circle you can call yourself a coven you don't have to call yourself anything in anything, particular. Right.
0: Um so you wrote the book because you saw that the way witches practice was different from when you wrote the book back in 2005, that that they didn't all have large circles or covens. Sometimes it was just two people, maybe a few more. And you found that, and I think you called yourself an eclectic witch. And you found that was really more practical than traditional witchcraft had been back when you wrote the first book?
1: Well, it's not so much that it's more practical. Um, The great thing about witchcraft and Wicca is they are an evolving religion. Um, Witchcraft itself goes back a very long way. Wicca is a relatively new arrival on the scene, and it is growing and changing all the time. So the reality of general Practice approaches, when I wrote the first book in 2005, which got published in 2007 by Llewellyn, um, there were a lot of Wiccan covens and not a whole lot of sort of other. I mean, there probably were some, and I just didn't know about them. There's a lot I don't know right, about. Right. Um, but these days you, while there are still, you know, very, you um, strictly Wiccan approaches. And, and there are some groups who are still doing that for some people. It is, they either don't want a larger group or they don't want the formal group. Um, You know, I have a friend who practices with one other person and they have literally practiced together for something like 25 years. They, they met in a coven. And then when the coven broke up, they Stayed friends and practiced together, and so that's that's the two in my subtitle: rituals and magic for two or more. Right. And my stepdaughter, who is out in California, practices with a very loose bunch of people, who you know sometimes come together, you know, three or four of them, sometimes eight or ten of them, whoever's available. And there's nothing formal about that group. They don't call themselves a coven, but they do practice together. And so when I started looking at that and then looking at the way my own personal group's practice had changed, because we, we have been together since 2004, which okay. is a really long time for a coven yeah. to survive. I mean, it's changed. You know, people have come and people have, have gone. Our three or four founding people are are still around, which is kind of amazing, Um, but when COVID happened, it, you know, first of all, we couldn't get together at all for a while, and then we were, you know, outside, six feet apart, masks on, and and we realized that we weren't really up to doing formal ritual. We didn't have the focus because things were so crazy, and so we just did some very casual things and then had our feast afterwards and basically our ritual was being together and even as we've come back from that and gone back to a more you know normalized practice we sort of went you know we've been doing this for a really long time we don't need to use all of the formal you know calling the quarters or you know whatever every single time and as I thought about how our practice changed, and then I thought about these other people I knew, I said, you know, I had been thinking about doing an updated version of Circle, Covenant, Grove. I need to write a whole new book. You know, I need to to acknowledge the fact that the witchcraft world is changing, and in a lot of positive ways. I mean, they're they're really... Anybody who wants to practice witchcraft, hopefully, can find a path that suits them. And if they want to practice with other people and are lucky enough to be able to find other people, um, which in some parts of the country can be more difficult, obviously, um, but, you know, hopefully they can find an approach that appeals to them. And so, you know, that's why I wrote this particular book.
0: Yeah, it's um, I really enjoyed reading it. I. Particularly, I knew about some of the days that were very special, like Beltane and Lamas and all that. I, I So I really liked reading that part, too, because I don't know that much about it, but I'm endlessly fascinated by all things Wiccan. I, I just really am. So, this so you're the, fascinated by me. That's very good. Yeah. Um, okay. And so I, I really enjoyed this. I, I want to talk to you about some of the other things you do, because you write... You've just gotten your rights back from a publisher for, to, for an urban uh, fantasy. Urban
1: fantasy, yeah. Tell the, me about the, it. Well, the Veiled Magic series features a witch. Most of my earlier books, everything until up until the cozies that I just had come out last year, Um had a witch of one kind or another because you know they say write what you know and i know witches but they're of course fictionalized witches i have my baba yaga series which is a modern version of the russian fairy tale witch but kick-ass um and pretty uh and um then the veiled magic books are sort of a slightly alternative universe that looks like ours but some things are different um you know like there's creatures that in theory don't exist here who knows um and that one the veiled magic series features a witch cop who uses her magical abilities um to talk to the dead to talk to um basically the one the one person involved in murder who you never get to speak to who is the victim so Yeah, well, you
0: know, I'm gonna have to go and get the books now because I'm (laughs) right now, I, you know, right now, I don't know if listeners know this, but fantasy, paranormal, supernatural is incredibly, incredibly hot right now. Um, I just spoke to uh, Scarlett St. Clair the other day. Oh my god, she's incredible. PC Cast, I have all these people that I absolutely love, 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 and. So I have to go back now and I have to go and get your series because it's some of my favorite stuff to read. And let me tell you, listeners, this stuff is not goofy. This is really fun, interesting, thrilling stuff. You're going to be really surprised when you read it. There are some really deep stories in there. So don't poo-poo it before you have a chance to read something. I recommend Deborah Blake. In the meantime, you also write a cozy series. Now, yeah, do you, does your cozy series by any chance have cats in it? Cats
1: and dogs, uh, because I'm an equal opportunity pet lover. I only have cats because my cats won't let me have a dog, okay. but um, I do like dogs. And this series, um, it's called the Catskill Pet Rescue Series. And it was actually inspired by a local animal rescue organization sort of a shoestring organization that I got three of my five cats from and I did some volunteer work with them and um you know I give them money because you know like you can't um and so when it when my agent suggested to me a few years ago that I write cozy mysteries and I went what am I gonna write about I you know, and she said, and no witches. And I'm like, well, you're a big party pooper. Right. Um, Because Because at that point, they were out fun. They are, but they were out at that point. Now they're back in in, publishing is publishing is weird. And it's always about two years behind what people are seeing on the shelves. So, um, so I said, well, you know, I remember washing dishes by hand at this shelter one day, you know, to help out. And thinking, oh my God, they need a dishwasher, they need a new washer and a dryer. What they really need is for somebody to win the lottery and give them the money. Right. So when I wrote this cozy series, my protagonist, Carrie, has a she's a waitress who has a fluke lottery win, and she uses the money to buy this failing rescue that's about to go under and you know basically bring it back to life. I love
0: this. And, and of course, you know, you you in the process one of your books last year when we were oh, raising yeah. money for the shelter. So I want to thank you for that. You're you're really good about that. So well, I'm, a, many... I'm a
1: huge fan of of animal rescue. Those people right. are doing, you know, amazing Godford, work. I know. How um how many books are in this series now? Three, and probably will only be three because it did not sell as well as the publisher wanted it to. It came out during COVID. And, you know, if you talk to a lot of authors, which you do, you will discover that many books that came out in covid sank like a stone and yes. it wasn't that they weren't good books it's nobody was going to nobody was signing, going to stores, no nobody everybody's just
0: trying to get by I, right. I agree with you yeah so you know i
1: mean the, the people who read it loved it i got the best reviews you can go look at the reviews and people think you know it's wonderful and they ask me every day you know when another one is going to be but it didn't make enough money and you know that's the reality of publishing, of publishing. So,
0: will be starting something new Actually, um,
1: uh, working, I I haven't gotten very far with it. I am in the very early stages of a novel that is completely different from anything I have ever written. And it's a little intimidating. It's um, Magical Realism, which I love to read. And you'd think that would be a good fit for somebody. You know, Magical Realism is basically... um, where there are elements of magic in the world that are not witchcraft magic. They're just things that happen that can't be explained. And most people don't see. They don't and, see. Right. And so, you know, what you get is, uh, for instance, um, Alice Hoffman's books, like Practical, Practical, Practical Magic, magic um, right. you know, those are considered to be magical realism. Um, and, and so, yeah, I'm going to, my, uh, my protagonist, is actually a regular person. She you know, she is not a witch or anything like that. She happens to do tarot readings, which I do. That's yes, I know thing. you do. You know, I, have, I have my own tarot deck, which just makes me the coolest person in the room, unless I'm in the room with somebody else who's got their own tarot deck. I don't know. Um, I, have
0: tarot, I have a custom-made tarot deck from one of my uh, my other author friends. Oh, no, so, there you go. Yeah, yeah well, I don't, know, from... I don't know anything about tarot, so until I'll I- I'll teach
1: you sometime. Okay. It's easy. Okay. Um, but yeah so so she does tarot readings that that maybe have uh, this element
0: to them that
1: can't quite be explained so we'll see yeah, how it I'm goes I'm reading
0: a new book called um where I can't follow and it is pract. it's what do you call it practical magical uh, realism okay. magical realism yeah and so um the story is about doors unseen to the naked eye only shown to the person to whom it to whom is supposed to go through oh interesting just at the beginning but I love the prose it's so interesting and so um I'm I'm having a good time with it I'll I'll let you know how it turns out Oh yeah, absolutely absolutely. I want to talk about something else with you before we go and I know I'm straining your time but forget you're fine you have so many interesting things going on in your life you used to uh, be the director of an artist collective and yes. you also have an Etsy store. I do. I'd like you to tell everybody about your Etsy store because you have some gorgeous, gorgeous things in that store. Well, um, you know, when I was running the cooperative shop, which, you know, I am still a part
1: of, and I still help out with, but I'm not the boss anymore, which is because I'm trying to concentrate on the writing at this point. Um, and uh, I have, I make gemstone jewelry, which is, some of it is magical and, you know, blessed and consecrated and some of it's just pretty. Um, and I sell that on my Etsy store. I also sell signed copies of my books, sometimes with extra goodies. Like I have a, a gift set for the the new Coven book that has a little, um, you know, a stone moon with it and crescent moon and, a, you know, a few uh, like a pen and, uh, you know, magnet, things like that. And you know, I, I I have a few little magical kits, you know that sort of thing. Basically, whatever I feel like doing, that's that's what I put on my Etsy shop. It's
0: it's what it's for it? mostly
1: for my it's for my readers because they would say, "Where can I find signed books?" And I don't travel a lot. I don't right. do a lot of signings, so this was what's the name of your Etsy it?
0: store? Uh,
1: it's if you look under Deborah Blake, you'll find it. It's actually called Hocus Pocus. Um, because, because at one point, um, New York state in its infinite wisdom said that, uh, you know, I had to have a doing business as name and I'm like, but I've been doing business as me for a really long time. <laughs> and, and so I, I came up with, um, hocus pocus, uh, what was it? uh, subsidiaries or some, so it basically was abbreviated HPS, which means high priestess. So
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: That was my way Take of basically, that, New York. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, you bossy people. So yeah, technically the name of this door is Hocus Pocus. But if you look under Deborah Blake, or if you go to my website, I have links on my website to all of my online everything. Okay, I have Okay, let's a, have a your Patreon. website, please. It is uh and that's Deborah spelled the long biblical way. D-E-B-O-R-A-H. Um, if you Google me, I will show up everywhere. Yes, I, am, do. I, am, yes, I am not subtle. I am not subtle. I've been doing this a long time. So yeah, I'm I'm sort of out there. And and yeah, I have a Twitter and a for now, um, and a Facebook and an Instagram. Uh, so yeah, if they go to my website, dot they will find their way to all of those things. And you know, if people have questions for me about this book or other things, you know, track me down online and and send me a message. I I will always
0: answer. There you go. My guest today is Deborah Blake. She her newest book is called The Everyday Witches Coven Rituals and Magic for Two or More. Um, I absolutely recommend this book, even if you just want to get some insight into witches and and to Wicca. And some of the rituals that they do, because if you're envisioning a woman with, you know, a wart on her nose and a pointy hat, unless she's out for Halloween, that's not your average witch. She's not stirring a cauldron and doing Eye of Newt. If she is, good for her. <laughs> but, well, Eye well, no,
1: of Newt is actually a folk name for an herb it had nothing to do with actual no
0: actual newts were harmed no newts were harmed i'm so glad <laughs> <laughs> um but find out for yourself and then go and check out uh deborah's uh, urban fantasy and also her lovely cozies with her cats they're just so much fun stay tuned i follow deborah often on facebook where she responds promptly and often Deborah, thank you so much for being with me today on Authors on the Air. Thank you for having me. You know I love to chat to you. I know, and we're going to do it again soon, okay? That would be great. Thank you, everybody, for being with me, and thank you, Mom and Dad.